Welcome to 30 Minutes with Carrie and Karen. Hello, welcome back to 30 Minutes. We hope you have missed us as much as we have missed you over the last two weeks. Today, Karen and I are sitting down and we're going to chat over to you about the current real estate landscape in Metro Vancouver, as well as first time home buying considerations. But of course, before we get into this discussion, Karen, what tea are you enjoying today? And also, have you discovered any new teas since our last episode two weeks ago? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I haven't discovered anything new.、Um, I'm still actually having those、uh, chrysanthemum teas that we, we've had previously. And、uh, I'm actually running out, so I, I think I'm going to have to. Find a replacement soon, but it's just so addicting. And in the morning, it, yeah, it's just really <laughs> nice, like soothing. And, and you know, yeah, it's, it's really good. So, and so easy to make with the honey b l o c k Exactly, exactly. What about you? Have, have you found anything interesting or new? Any new teas?、Uh, well, I broke my favorite mug, so I ended up buying some new cups. <laughs> If that counts.、Um, but in terms of teas, no, I'm just enjoying my classic black tea.、Mm. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I know real estate has been a really hot topic across Metro Vancouver for a while now because of a variety of reasons. And I know、um, a couple of people, you know, including friends and also ourselves, like Karen and I, have also been taking a look around as well.、Um, so we've noticed in the current landscape, in terms of real estate and Metro Vancouver, like we've noticed that pre sales are just getting snatched up within days,、um, within hours, sort of thing.、Um, you know, this is like also due to FOMO, like I think just due to the crazy demand, you know, like people are just starting to get scared that they'll miss out on an opportunity to buy,、um, especially as prices seem to be like getting more expensive. And then also just due to like the low interest rates at the moment. So I think. Currently, like it's being widely advertised as the interest rate starting at 1.3% or so. But I think it should be important to keep in mind like, this isn't for everyone. Like, not everyone is eligible for, for this. Like, it really depends on, on what your situation is like and your, and your financial background and whatnot. And I know it sounds low and attractive as well, but this also depends on whether it's like a fixed or variable interest rate. Because if you choose variable, you don't know what it might be like after COVID. So let's just kind of like a quick note.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, when you do mention、um, COVID inflation, it is really interesting because I think right now with the market and everything being super, super expensive. I, I was talking to like a few family members and, and we were kind of just discussing like hyperinflation and like the idea where、um, because of this, people end up putting their money in like an asset that won't necessarily depreciate in value as quickly or, or you know, maybe even make like a, a positive return on investment.、Um, and so, so, so there's that, of course. And then another thing、um, that I think, Carrie, you and I have kind of noticed is that a lot of these pre sale properties are being bought、um, by people who seem to be investors.、Um, like, I think you shared with me an article where there was one like, pre sale that was 
mostly brought up by like healthcare professionals, like doctors or nurses, or or also you know investors like real estate investors or or investors that wanted to you know take like twenty percent of the units to to resell out again. Um, and I guess another reason why there's just you know like the market is just so hot <laughs> the way it is is because there. It's definitely a lack of single detached homes in, especially in Metro Vancouver. Like as we can see, even like driving, you know, you'll see like all these um, condos like being built or, or like you know the the land being taken for for condos and and also I guess because of the price of how expensive a single detached home is, uh, it's not it's not really realistic anymore to to have that as your first home. Now it's like yeah, just like a lot going on um like yes like it's driven by interest rates but I think it's just also like the wealthier kind of getting wealthier in a Mm -hmm. way as well um with with the with the investment choices and whatnot so um yeah but you know that being said like it hasn't stopped people from trying to get into it now and I guess like even for Karen and I like we we have been looking around like online and in person um just kind of like I think we're both kind of like getting at that age as as well as some of our friends like getting to the point where we want to invest our money into an asset you know and, and, and into like our own homes and so I know, like, you know, as a first-time home buyer, like, there's a lot to consider. It's like, oh, like, where do I start? So I think, like, we've learned some things that we want to share with you guys. And I think, first and foremost, it's like, even if you're not ready to buy a place right now, it's it's just, like, a good idea to take a look at some of the housing around you and, and just see what's out there and just get an idea. Um, I think even for myself, like, I'm not ready to immediately buy something like tomorrow but at least I can have like that mental preparation Mm -hmm. for myself and maybe emotional and 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 whatever else (laughs) you know like getting an idea of 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 what I need and and just working backwards so one perk of being a first-time home buyer is that if your property is under five hundred thousand dollars then the property transfer tax can be waived and you would have to be the principal resident for this to be eligible. So the principal resident, as in you are the primary person living in this property. So I know earlier we said there's a lot to consider. So Karen, where should one start when they want to start looking for a new house? So definitely, you know, you would have to find a realtor. And I think we, we talked about this earlier. And I, I recently learned from you, actually, Carrie, that you know, the listing and selling agent can't actually be the same as your buying agent. And I think they, they put this like rule or law in place since 2018. Yes. But in, yeah, in terms of looking for the realtor, I think, you know, it would be good to start from your family or your friends. And, and just because like word of mouth or like referrals would kind of guide you in that right direction. And then when you do um, find someone that, you think might be fit um, to be your your realtor, then make sure that you do have like the conversation with them to to make sure that you know your your goals are kind of aligned and everything. Um, but there is also an option to not have like a an agent. So as the buyer, you don't necessarily need to have a buying agent, and you could just be an individual on your own. 
um, there are risks associated with that. So, you know, it, it might be a good idea to to have someone, whether that's like an attorney or like a buying agent or, or a lawyer or, or someone who's familiar with, you know, the housing market, the legalities of everything, um, just to make sure that, you know, you're going in the right direction. And so if you do decide that you want to act as an individual, like I know it's really popular now that there's there's quite a few websites, I think, um, usually once you, you go on those websites, or if you're searching for a property of of interest, there there's already a listing agent for that property. So you could just directly contact that listing agent yourself. Um, I know typically once you do find a agent, uh, you would sign an agreement with them because you you don't want to be going back and forth with multiple different agents um, for especially the same property. And another thing to keep in mind is that usually the seller is the one that's responsible for paying the realtor commissions for obviously the seller agent and if you do have a buyer agent. So it's good to double check that. So I know usually... Um... I mean, there are really like three types of properties to to choose from commonly is, you know, whether someone would buy a house versus a townhouse or a condo. Um, So I guess there are like different things to keep in mind depending on your choice. And obviously like a house might seem like the most comfortable and luxurious decision, but there are things to keep in mind like maintenance for instance like a house would or might come with a yard you might have to think about lawn maintenance um roof gutter cleaning you know <laughs> power washing your pavement um any repairs that might be needed that might also affect your neighbors and you might have to discuss some of the repairs or changes with with your neighbors as well as with the city possibly but there are also perks, obviously, like you get your own space, like your own privacy, your own parking. So there are like the pros and cons of having a house. And so some some of the key differences, if you are looking at a condo or a townhome, is like you would share common spaces and there could be less privacy. And you have to think about, um, you know, sound insulation or, or the lack of really think like the key difference between the two is also just like the monthly strata fees as well as um you know whether you're self-maintaining those finances as a house owner because I, I think one of the key comparisons is like oh like you know as a condo owner or townhouse owner you have to pay monthly strata fees which can range between a few hundred dollars to up to a thousand maybe the, the, depending on your property And so in terms of strata fees for condos and townhomes, um, these fees can cover a variety of things. So anything like amenities and facilities such as a common use multi-purpose room, a swimming pool, fitness center, uh, could be general maintenance like garbage disposal and recycling. And then you might also want to double check if it covers electricity, gas, heat, internet. And then you should also double check if there are any additional services that the building is contracted out to just because they might incur additional fees that you have to pay on a monthly basis that isn't included in your strata fees. Mm -hmm. And so as someone who owns a house, it can get even more expensive when you think about all the maintenance that you have to do on a yearly basis, if not every couple of years or so. So, 
Oh, and then this was something we recently learned, Karen and I, um, is that, you know, if a complex does have both townhomes and apartments, that the townhome owners um, need to be wary of having to pay or contribute to the repairs for also the condo building and also vice versa. Um, but it's more of a risk for townhome owners because there's usually much higher costs associated to repairing a condo building. Yeah, and then because we're on the topic of condos, um, it's also interesting to you know, take a look to talk about whether we should be buying like a new condo or or an older condo. And I guess I'll start um, with the new condos. Recently, um, you know, because Carrie and I, we have been looking at pre-sales. So, so you know, we've, we've noticed that there's quite a, a cost to buying new condos, and that mainly being the GST on new buildings. So with new buildings, you definitely have to be wary of the GST that's that's charged. And you are maybe eligible for a partial rebate if the condo is under 450000 um, Again, that must be your primary residence. Also, other things to consider when you're looking at the new condo is the developer history and reputation. There's been quite a few horror stories that, you know, I, I've read myself, like my friends have shared with me. Um, so you definitely want to make sure that you you find like a reputable developer. And also the location. With location, it, it is really, really interesting because a lot of the new condos are going up in more transit-oriented places. But there's also um, the risk that, you know, if you are specifically looking at that location, um, even like the floor that you decide to buy, like you might have no view, you might be looking directly across to like another apartment unit. So so it's definitely things to consider when you are looking at a new condo is if you care more about the location of the building or are you, you know, more concerned about whether you have a nice view or whether you're looking across at the neighbor's unit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then another risk of risk, I guess, of buying pre-sale is that um, I think even like our realtor told us that there is like a 5% discrepancy. And so, you know, it's it's not 100% as pictured. Um, sometimes the quality might differ. Um, if, you know, if you have a car or multiple cars, like parking spots is, is one thing to really consider when buying a, a condo in general, but especially for new condos because they are assigned randomly. Um, I, I did hear that they're usually assigned, like the, like the better spots that are closer to the entrances or exits are usually reserved for, you know, the larger units, like the obviously more expensive ones um, as they go up in size. And it was actually really crazy because um, one of the pre-sales that we looked at, um, our, my realtor told me that the units that were under $700,000 didn't even like get a spot. And those were usually like the one unit. Yeah. That's so sad. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy, crazy things. Um, and then, of course, you know, amenities and features are always really nice, you know, especially for the new condos. If you're a buyer or you're looking for a place that has really, you know, really amazing amenities like 
fancy concierge like massage rooms and <laughs> pools like exercise and really good facilities then then that's also something to consider because you know the older condos might not might not have those yani i just want to say some of the new condos might look like really amazing especially when you go check out like the presentation centers and stuff but i think it's important to also be wary of presentation centers and how they display their units because generally they show the best unit models or floor plans mm-hmm. and also staging makes quite a bit of a difference like the lighting they use as well like like the quality of materials like how they lay out the furniture or the types of furniture that they use can completely change the look and feel of of the unit so just keep in mind like how you would actually realistically use the space yourself versus how they display it in their in their unit or model unit I should say Mm -hmm. In comparison to considering a new condo, you know, there's also older condos that are, you know, like quite worthwhile to consider, of course. Um, But just keeping in mind, you know, like there are different things to consider when you're buying an older condo is just like the age of the building. I think it's like one of the more important ones and just anticipating what might need to get fixed in the future and some of the costs that might be associated with these things. Usually, you know, at the 20, 30-ish year mark is when, um, you know, they might have to start considering doing rain screening or having to replace piping or, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different things. So it's worthwhile to at least get in touch and see what their repairs history is and also take a look at their strata minutes. I know, Karen, you teased me a bit with this, but you mentioned that there's sort of like a horror story with someone you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's really crazy, actually. My, my brother told me this, but uh, just the other night, because we were talking about, you know, like real estate and in, in, in general. And so Apparently, um, one of his friends actually owns a a condo um, in Richmond, like a unit. And this is so bizarre and so crazy. But okay, so so the penthouse unit had a leak, and apparently, all the units below this unit did not realize the leak until they got to the second floor. So obviously, like you know, the penthouse unit owner is now responsible for all those floors of damage, which I, I don't even know is how, how much, but they also changed the insurance requirement. And now every unit in that building has to have at least $150,000 in insurance, which I think is like super, you know, super crazy, super bizarre. Like I'm sure everyone is angry at, at that one unit at the penthouse, but, but you know, it's just, when you mention like age and you know like anticipating what may need to get fixed um this is a really like this is a brand new unit i guess you know four or five years old so it's it's not actually that old and and honestly like obviously water damage is like the worst thing that can ever happen it's like a nightmare but but you know even when you do like look at condos i guess you have to be you know wary of the people you're sharing this space with because it's just a pain, right? Like even though you wouldn't have to pay for for the water damage because 
there's one person responsible for all of it, like, you know, it's just a hassle to have to fix everything, clean everything. You know, I've heard my brother tell me stories about his his condo himself. And, and I think it is, you know, it, it does tie into like the strata minutes because you'll have to declare all that information in the strata unit. A strata minutes, like all the unit owners have to have access, you know, people who want to buy the the place have to be able to see that. So it's really important to read those minutes just to figure out what's going on in the building. Yeah, that's so difficult, though. And I, I think that's also one of the biggest challenges when you're considering a condo is you, you don't get to pick who your neighbors are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even, right. you know, and, and, and I know Karen and I like have have heard from our other friends is like, yeah, they, they, they live in like a newer concrete building, mm-hmm. but they can still hear neighbors making noises. So it's really difficult and, and it can be challenging. Like, like you can be really lucky and have like quiet neighbors, but if you're not, like it's still going to be a nightmare to deal with. And so just like who you're living near or, you know, like it can have some effect on you, whether it's noise complaints or even like your story, Karen, like just someone's penthouse suite having a leak issue and affecting all the units below them like that's that's such a tricky thing that you know you don't really you can't really anticipate or prepare for until like it like until you're moved in and it and it happens right right yeah Yeah. similarly like I know location is just as important like when you're just looking at a property in general whether it's new or old um but yeah I think age is definitely one thing to consider um, and yeah, I think it's worthwhile to also look at who the developer is as well. And also ask your realtor, um, you know, like what the strata is like, like, you know, some condo buildings have really good property managers, whereas some like, not so much, they might not be as responsive or really slow or cut corners. So it's a good idea to get an idea from mm-hmm. your realtor on what they might be like. And I think this all in all, like, make sure to see the listing in person, whether this is like a, a pre-sale presentation center or a new unit that's already been developed or if it's like an older unit. Because the thing is, like, photos can be really deceiving. Um, I've I've experienced this myself. It's just like, you know, people brightening and editing the heck out of mm. photos. Um, the staging makes quite a bit of the difference as well. Even like the time of day, you know, like certain times of the day you get more natural sunlight. Um, and then certain certain um, directions of like where the unit is facing can also affect the sunlight. And maybe like you have neighbors next door or whatever that are blocking certain views um, or maybe it's like just the neighborhood in general you, you want to keep in mind what's what that's like so it's always a good idea to just like actually physically go and check it out and, and see what it's actually like or what it could be like living in that neighborhood or area or like the actual unit itself yeah no exactly and and I think especially now because um well you know during the the pandemic I think Virtual tours has become like a lot more popular mm-hmm. and, you know, like I, I even see advertisements where like, oh, you know, like this unit, like it's available for virtual tours, like 24 seven, you know, you don't even have to make an appointment. It's just open and available, you know, and, and exactly like you mentioned, Carrie, that, 
you know, the, the lighting differences during like the time of day really make a difference. Um, especially if, you know, you're someone that really wants that natural light, maybe like that unit itself doesn't ever receive any during any time of the day or, you know, during like busy traffic times during the day, like you, you can't stand that noise. And unless you're physically at that unit, you won't be able to experience those things. Like you, even, even if you do see the listing in person, like I think it, it would be good to maybe see it, see it when you can see it. And then before you make the decision, go see it again during a different time of the day, just to see when, when your neighbors come home from work, like, mm. are they super noisy? You know, like, 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 like all the things you, you just mentioned. So, so yeah, just things to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like similar for me too. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm renting this unit now, but at the time, and, and, and I think this is why, like, usually these, um, um, housing market sales really shoot up during the summertime, mm. like spring, summer sort of time, because it's like, like the weather's more gorgeous. You know, like you, you have, I mean, like everyone's moods are probably better in general. Um, but then you also have like the lighting, the grass is greener, you know, everything's more beautiful. And I think that was one of the things that, you know, when when I decided to move into my rental unit is it was during the summer, I have this patio in the back, and it was like, beautiful, you know, the unit was super bright, and it still is relatively bright, but the backyard is a pain in the butt to deal with. And it's not taken care of by property management. It's worthwhile to go, like Karen said, like at a different time and, and just check out what it might be like. Like when I went to look at my unit, I think I went at like around 4, 4.30 p.m. to check it out. And it was relatively quiet. Mm. And then when I moved in, I realized like it's, oh, it's after 6 p.m. that the neighbors start getting kind of noisy, <laughs> you know, like when everyone's home mm-hmm. and, and doing stuff. So just some things to keep in mind, like when you are looking at a property. On that note, I know it's also really common, especially me, like now that I'm renting, whether you should rent or buy. (laughs) And I do commonly hear, you know, it's cheaper to mortgage than to rent, and at least you own the property. And yes, you know, I agree. And, you know, to, to, to some extent, like, obviously, if you can afford to buy a place, I feel you should definitely buy a place. Um, but I think there are, like, just a lot of considerations to keep in mind. And it's not as simple as just saying, yes, I have the money. I will buy the place now. You know, like, you do need to keep in mind of, of like, the down payment or deposit. And it could be really hefty. And it also depends on the property. And it can range anywhere between... 10 to 25% on average. I know there's like the 5% down that people talk about too, but from what I've learned is also, um, if you do the 5% down, you might have to purchase the default mortgage insurance, which I know is like a premium price insurance. So at the end of it, it's almost the same price as paying a 10% down. So why not just pay the 10% down? Um, I think is, is what happens out of that conversation. Um, and I know, Karen, you mentioned to me that like, you know, for, for yourself, you have experienced, um, you know, like for a higher end for a pre-sale, it could be a 25% deposit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it just depends on the property. Um, and just, yeah, account for strata and maintenance fees. Like if you are buying a place or a condo or townhome, you're responsible for making those monthly fees, which, 
which are like a few hundred dollars or it, it can range like it's usually like a dollar amount per square footage so it does depend on the size of your unit as well um, and then you have to account for property taxes which can be quite a bit and then yeah I think ultimately like you're just tied down to your mortgage and it's like a very high level of commitment like you can't just decide like yeah I don't want to live here anymore like <laughs> I'm moving out whenever you know like you, you need to go through the process of like selling and then and then you just have all these fees to like incur and and you know like preparing your your house or your property for sale and all that so it is quite a bit to consider when you do decide to finally buy I, I think ultimately like don't be house poor <laughs> you know like don't don't be indebted to paying off the house and I know during this time like it's it's tricky because of FOMO you know like this fear of missing out on the opportunity to buy because the housing market is so high and people anticipate that the value of homes are just going to go higher but if you realistically can't afford the place or you know like you don't have the comfortable cash flow like it could be worthwhile to reconsider this decision to move forward with buying um you know like you want to be comfortable with with job security like that's a huge thing because the circumstances can change and you might lose your job and if you do lose your job um would ei like in employment insurance cover this or do you have other means of financial instruments that can help cover your mortgage and then just also you know like are you still able to achieve other personal or financial goals when you do make the commitment to buy a house like are you so um tied down to making these month-to-month payments that you can't do anything else you know like is it more stressful for you to pay your mortgage than it is to rent and be able to do other things so yeah just keeping in mind like circumstances can always change so I know we talked about quite a bit of stuff and some on on the more high level scale but I guess some of the key takeaways that we want you to get from this is ultimately do your research and don't be afraid to go see the unit in person. Like the virtual tours can only do so much for you and you, you want to know the area that you're going to be buying in. And just keep in mind, you know, don't be house poor. Don't try to indebt yourself to something that's very high risk that you might not be comfortable with. So try not to get yourself caught up in the moment and, and swayed by what's going on in terms of other people's decision to influence your own comfortability. So, Karen, I do have a surprise question for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, I know, like, you know, given the housing market, it's been such a hot topic. Um, and I know there's some discussion about it being a bubble, but at the same time, there's nothing that I think the government's really doing right now. What do you personally feel might happen? <laughs> um, you mean, like, in terms of, like, the bubble like popping or what do you mean well like yeah like do you think yeah like do you feel it's a bubble or do you feel yes now's a good time to buy and things are just going to keep going the way it is Hmm. it's a very good question um because I you know I I have surprisingly I have been talking about this to other family members so do I think that the Vancouver housing market is going to crash like no not really 
I, I actually think that like, even like on my street, like um, there have been properties that have been selling like at an outrageously high uh, price, you know, like way over asking, but surprisingly it's actually still lower than like two or three years ago. So I, I do feel like this isn't like the all time high in Vancouver, you know, like there's still potential for it to go up even more. And I do think that because when we like do look at the people that are buying, they aren't like foreign investors. And I feel honestly, like once the pandemic is over or slows down, you know, and travel is increased and people can come back to Canada or just travel again in general, that there's going to be like another influx of buyers. Like, do I think that it's a good time to buy now? Like, no, I, I don't think it's good to, it's almost like people like rushing in, like, especially for pre-sale, right? It's like you're rushing in, like you mentioned, like that FOMO feeling, like I have to get my hands on something, like whatever it is, you know? And, and I know I, <laughs> I don't think that's the way to approach to, to approach it like it's definitely not uh-huh. but will the price still go up like I, I think so you know and and of course like if you have the ability to buy now like comfortably buy something now then I think it is something to consider but like not just for the sake of getting in on the market <laughs> <laughs> yeah how do you how do you feel about it um I mean yes like I, I I do agree with you or at least with some points you know, I feel like once the borders open again, people from wherever are going to come back in and buy property again. You know, like once the markets recover, like the economy's doing better. So I feel in terms of Vancouver, you know, like we talk about how it's oversaturated and stuff, but then we see other areas around Metro Vancouver, like Coquitlam, Langley, like Burnaby's pretty saturated right now too but like Surrey you know like we talk about how these places are going through urban development or redevelopment Mm -hmm. and you know like there's just going to like as more people come in like those places are going to get really expensive like they already are you know like I'm seeing properties getting listed in Coquitlam for over six hundred thousand dollars for like a a one bedroom Mm. so it's cheaper compared to Vancouver um, but it's still quite high compared to what things were worth just a few years ago. So do I think it's a bubble? Like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a slight crash, but I think even if there was a slight crash, like maybe five, 10 years down the road, like it would still be even higher than it is now. So, mm. yeah. I also have a surprise question for you, Carrie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess we can make time for this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, given given everything that we've talked about, do you feel that you would want to buy a pre-sale, let's say in an area that's currently becoming developed or like a, a an older property um, in like a central area? Because something that I've also noticed that's really interesting and you also brought up as well is because we have been looking at Burnaby, like me and you, we have been there, you know. And so what we have noticed is that because there are quite a few pre-sales going up right now, that the prices of like the older condos are also increasing. Mm-hmm. You know, my question is kind of like, how do you feel about buying like new or old or, you know, like, would you stay in Vancouver? Would you consider different areas in Metro Vancouver? Oh, that's 
that's a lot to talk about. <laughs> but I, I guess to streamline my answer, like, I think because I've lived in Richmond and Vancouver all my life, like, I just can't imagine myself moving, mm. you know, to even Coquitlam. Like, that just sounds so far to me. Um, So I think in terms of comfort, like, I would prefer Vancouver, like, maybe Burnaby, but Burnaby is getting quite expensive. So I don't know, like, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But I think also my preference is to buy something that's already developed. And I would consider something that's even like around 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe not quite 30, because that's when like the big repairs start coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so but I, I think like, you know, it's it's like I, I would want to see the thing or the unit in person. Um, I think after living in this rental unit, I would probably want to buy something that's, you know, if, if, if it's like a like a low story building, I would want to live on like the top floor or something right. just to avoid like noise because I've learned that noises are a huge deal to me and and I need my peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so these are just like some considerations that I've taken in mind. And I think it, you know, even if I bought an older unit that needed renovations, like I think that could be like a fun thing for, for me Mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. Well, if there are no other surprise questions, Karen, (laughs) we can wrap up our episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So yes, I know we talked about quite a bit of stuff today. Um, but yeah, we hope you got to learn some things and and hope you'll take those things into consideration when you're considering your new property. So thank you for listening and for joining us once again, and we will see you next Sunday. See you next Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you listened and enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with your friends. Please make sure to also visit us at 30minutes.com. That's 30 as in T-H-I-R-T-E-A minutes.com to check in for more updates, learn how to contact us, and more. We'll see you next Sunday.